It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What is there to say about this kind of a comeback? What is there to say about a team that's able to erase a 21-point deficit on the road against one of the best teams in the league, that's able to turn the switch so quickly. It's enough to say that this team believes. It's enough to say that this team can be better, and they needed this moment to realize it. Let's get to it. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 31st, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic do the impossible or improbable or whatever you want to call it. The Orlando Magic erased a 21-point deficit on the road against the Philadelphia 76ers, reclaiming their potential and their ability to stay in this play and chase, and showing us all how important belief is for this team. 
We'll dive into what changed for the Orlando Magic, how they completed this comeback, and how they keep it going. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. The first half of the Orlando Magic's 119-109 win over the Philadelphia 76ers was incredibly frustrating. I sat here in this chair Saturday night uh, and said... The Magic's loss to the Chicago Bulls was all kinds of disappointing because the Magic very clearly were not playing the way that they need to play to win. I, I, I said this, you know, kind of, this is kind of the thing that I'm going to be obsessed with for a little while, so, so, so apologize of how much I'm going to repeat it. Uh, the Magic on Saturday did not let their defense create their energy. They did not let their, their defense lead their energy. As they missed shots, as they struggled to get back in transition, you could kind of feel the energy suck out of this team. And, you know, instead of doing the things they have to do to get back get back that energy, they dug themselves a deeper and deeper hole. Um, eventually they found it, and Jamal Mosley stuck with the group that gave them that energy because no one else was doing it. And that got them back into the game for a little while before they ran out of said energy. That's what the first half, really the first quarter and a half of Monday's game in Philadelphia felt like. The Magic were not aggressive. They let Philadelphia dictate the terms of the game to them, letting Joel Embiid just drive into the lane without any physicality or any resistance. Yeah, sure, sure some early foul calls kind of forced the Magic to back off a little bit, which hurts. But the Magic were fa- making those fouls and playing the lazy defense that puts them in trouble, that puts them on their back foot. On top of that, the Magic were missing a ton of shots. Not that they were playing great offense anyway, but they were missing a ton of shots. You could see the shoulders and the body language droop and the frustration begin to build again, just like it did Saturday night. That's why Orlando was down by double digits within the first couple minutes of the game. That's why Orlando was down by 21 at one point in the second quarter. That's how the Magic buried themselves. And And again... Philadelphia's a very good team. I'm not taking credit away from them. The Magic buried themselves. I sat there and said, you know, look. I sat there throughout the first quarter and was like, when the Magic are actually settled on defense, when the Magic are, um, aren't are in transition or aren't kind of uns- unsettled, their defense was actually playing pretty well. Unlike Philadelphia was shooting the ball like crazy. They were getting to the foul line because of lazy rotations and lazy defensive effort. But it, it never felt like Philadelphia was just like, tearing Orlando up. But the Magic weren't doing anything to stop them either. It's, you know, not clear exactly how this flip switched, but Paolo Bancaro said that in the halftime locker room, and I think it happened, started happening before halftime, but um, in the halftime locker room, Paolo Bancaro said after the game that Joel Mosley and his coaching staff did not show any clips like they usually do. They did not dive into the tape it just came down to Jamal Mosley saying, do you believe? Do you believe you are the 
the good team that I think you are, that, that you've shown yourself to be. And, and, and the message in the locker room was just a reminder of how good this team can be. A reminder of what they've accomplished and what they still can accomplish. And a question for the team to say, are you going to be that team? This honestly is the most powerful statement, the most powerful thing that can be said to the team. This is the most powerful thing that we're going to be talking about for the rest of the season. Because, like I said a few weeks ago, this team is leveled up. You know, we talked about that. We obsessed over it so much in the first quarter of the season because we weren't seeing the progress. We've seen the progress. The season, you know, if the season stopped today, this team would be a success. This team would be, uh, you know, would have accomplished part of at least what we wanted to see them accomplish. But we still got 32 games left. And what we want to see now is the team take the next step, the next turn up. And this is a young team. It's going to take them a while. It's going to take them some of this realization, some of these hard lessons to get there. But we want to see them go one step up. We want to see them compete for a play-in spot. We want to see them win consistently. And that's the key word, consistently, consistency. We want to see this team continue to build, continue to grow, and play the same way every night. And and that's going to be the white rabbit they're chasing the rest of the season. So the struggles that we saw against Chicago, you know, the the the, the, the line that a lot of fans have of, of the Magic having a better record against teams above 500 than below 500, that's the game the rest of the season. To play the same way every single night, to do the same things every single night, the, the, the success is in the boredom of sameness. To do everything so well every night that it just feels boring, that you take it for granted almost. That's where this Magic team is trying to get. That's what this Magic team is trying to accomplish. And they needed the reminder of how good they can be to just get back to what we know this team is capable of. Because what this team is capable of is truly special. And that's what we saw in the second half Monday night. The Magic got down defended. They were physical, without fouling. They, they, they stood their ground. Just, just quite simply, they stood their ground. They did not give Philadelphia an inch. Not one little bit. They put themselves in a great position to get stops, to get after to get after the Sixers, to get out in transition. They were active. The Sixers felt them. And all of a sudden it was Philadelphia that was on its back foot because Orlando was getting turnovers. They were getting out in transition. They were they were making Joel Embiid's life difficult, which is not an easy thing to do. They made they started making shots, like making shots matters. They found a, a comfort zone and then just operated at that comfort zone. And even when Philadelphia made their run back at them, they pushed back. This is how you want to respond. And all of a sudden, we saw that uber-confident Magic team. The Magic team that we know can beat anybody in this league. The Magic team that we believe 
has postseason potential. Not just for next year, not just for the future, but for this year. The kind of team that we know this group is capable of being. That's what we saw in the second half. It was Markel Fultz diving in for steals. It was Jalen Suggs holding his ground on James Harden. Not letting him get a a good shot off. Contesting all of his step-back threes. It was Mo Wagner tricking and controlling Embiid into mistakes as as guards doubled down on him and, and, and surrounded him. It was Jamal Mosley making good coaching adjustments, uh, changing how they defended Joel Embiid a little bit. Um, it was Paolo Bancaro's just consistent scoring as he got that superstar look in his eye of saying, I'll, I'll carry the offense for a little while. He scored 14 of his 29 points in the third quarter in a 40-point third quarter as Orlando got themselves back into the game. A comeback like this has heroes everywhere, and we'll get to the box score in a little bit, but this game was really energizing because it was an unexpected, improbable win for this young group. But more importantly, it was about how this team wants to play and who this team wants to be. The lesson from this game is the most important thing. And that's the lesson that we need to dive into to get the most out of what this game means. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Obviously, the Rookie of the Year odds are up there with Paolo Bancaro. You can take a look at the Magic's rematch with the Philadelphia 76ers. Could Philadelphia get their revenge? I'm sure that's going to be the expectation. So that 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 line might be a little higher than you would expect. The Magic are actually one of the best teams against the spread in the NBA this season. So the Magic are usually a pretty good bet. People still underestimate the Magic. So take a look at that. The FanDuel sport, Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. FanDuel is not available in Florida yet, but if you are in a state that does have FanDuel, check it out. It is so The app is so easy to use and has so much information and so many possibilities for you to try out today. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know you know how I like to approach games. Like, there's a who, what, when, where, how, why, but to, to me, what matters and how I like to approach these games is how do we put this into the bigger context of the season story? Um, each game is sort of like a chapter uh, in the larger story of the season. And it tells us different things about how the team is developing. And, and you can't take each game sort of in isolation because it is an ongoing developing story. It is an ongoing thing. And, you know, a game like Monday's feels monumental. It feels like a, a potential turning point in the season. Of course, momentum is the next day, next day's pitcher. You got to go do it again Wednesday. And, and, and that honestly is the lesson. Orlando needed a reminder of just how good they can be. They did it against Boston when they beat them 113-98 to last week. They started doing it against Indiana, but you could see the slipping a little bit. They had that big start. Then they they struggled the rest of the way. They held on. And, and look, that was a very mature win, in my opinion. 129-120 uh, over Indiana last Wednesday. That was a very mature win for this team. They, they could have, you know, like this game, for Philadelphia at least, they could have given up that lead, taken that punch, and wilted. Uh, and it said the Magic put their foot down and got that win. And got it fairly comfortably. Indiana made it close, but it wasn't. But Indiana never retook the lead or, or really, or, or, you know, they threatened. They got it within four. But uh, you, you get what I'm saying. The Magic showed a lot of maturity. But then came the Miami game. Turnovers, costly mistakes on the Magic's end. It just felt like everything came so easy against Indiana that they didn't understand why they actually won that game. And then the Chicago game, many of the same problems. Self-inflicted wounds, just a, a lack of attention to detail, lack of focus and intensity. These are things that young teams struggle with. And so while I, I think it's great that we see this team's potential and we understand this team's potential and hold them to that standard, like, again, being disappointed is a good thing. We should be disappointed with how they played Saturday. We should be disappointed with how the Magic played in the first quarter and a half of Monday's game. That kind of play is what the Magic are trying to erase. But it is important to understand how young this team is and how much they're still learning and understanding what it takes to win every single night in the NBA. That is as much a part of this team's story and as much a part of what the struggle is going to be the rest of the year as anything else. We want to see the Magic play like they did and the second half of Monday night, every single night. And that has to be the goal. To understand this is how we play. This is what we have to do. If we want to win games, we need to defend first. It doesn't matter how many shots we miss. It doesn't matter how many shots we take. It doesn't matter anything else. If we defend first, we will put ourselves in a great position to win basketball games. That's ultimately what matters. That's ultimately what this team needs to, 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 to focus on and do. Getting a young team to understand how critical defense is and how critical playing with consistent energy defensively is, is one of the most difficult things. Because everybody wants to get their shots. It's easy to have energy when you're making shots. Like, just the human nature. The point of the game is to score. It's not to get stops. Getting stops, playing hard defense is grindy. It's dirty. It's it's not glamorous, despite how easy Jalen Suggs and it makes it makes it look, and we know how easy Jonathan Isaac can make it look. It takes 
something innate and something that you have to be constantly on. And so obviously if you're not making shots that energy is low, it's tougher to do. And so finding ways to generate energy from your defense is so critical to this team. It's the point we got to hammer home right now because despite how well Orlando's played, it hasn't actually been because of their defense. If you look at the numbers, Orlando's still 24th in the league in defensive rating, and they had a great defensive game Monday. I think the defensive rating came out to 103 points per 100 possessions. In the second half, they were at 93. So they they played an absolutely killer game defensively on Monday night, uh, overall. Even overall, not just the second half. The second half for sure, but overall, they were just killing it defensively. Knowing how to find energy on defense, though, knowing how to create energy from your defense that is the greatest trick. And again, that's what this season is going to be about. This season is about the struggle to find consistency. The rest of the season is really about can the Magic play the same way every single night? Can they play with the same fire and intensity? Can, you know, someone, someone new is going to step up every game. You know, we're having a Mo Wagner moment right now. We're having a Jalen Suggs moment right now. We're having a Markel Fultz moment right now. We're having a Cole Anthony moment right now. It's going to be someone different every game. Someone off the bench will pick up the slack for someone who's struggling in the starting lineup. The starting lineup will pick off the slack for the bench. The bench will pick up the slack for the starting lineup. This team has the weapons, has the players to still find ways to win. But it's about what you do every night. And again, that's what I say is success in the regular season. The playoffs are a different animal. We can, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the playoffs when the Magic get there and, and some of the shortcomings and flaws that I think we all already see on this team uh, that will ch- show out in the postseason when teams can really focus in and hone in on what you're doing and really game plan themselves to stop just that. They don't have to worry about anything else. The, reg- the challenge of the regular season is what can you do every single night when you don't have your best stuff? You know, Again, a random Monday in January. You're going to have bad nights. You're going to have bad shooting nights. But what can you do to give yourself a chance to win even when you're having that bad night? The good teams know what to do. The good teams know how to play You know when they're not shooting well. They know what their identity is. The Magic have said forever they want to hang their hat on the defensive end. And like I said earlier, defense has been inconsistent. The Magic are, I think, since December 7th, like 14th or 15th. They're in the middle of the pack in the league in defensive rating, but their raw defensive rating number is the same as their season number. So again, while a lot of teams are scoring more, the Magic are kind of giving up the same number of points, and it's still not that great. Uh, Defense, all the honestly, like defense is all relative. um, In my opinion, Uh, I think the ranking does mean something a little bit more than the raw number, um, because frankly. In that same time, it's been Orlando's offense that has greatly improved to put the Magic in a better in a better position to win, in a better position uh, to be competitive more often. This is all to say that Monday's game was important. Monday's game was important to show us what the Magic can do and how the Magic can play to beat teams at the highest level. Beating good teams is never a bad thing. If anything... I'm, I'm sure you could go back to my archives at the beginning of the season and I said, you know, one of the goals I think I have for the Magic this year is it's not about a win total, but I want to see them beat quality opponents. 
at home on the road. I, I, I probably said at home because I think that's important for building the fan base and getting people to come to the arena and really buy in, which Magic fans at the Amway Center have bought in on this team. They are all in on this group, all in on, on this team's future. Like there, there is there is a spirit in Orlando and a magic in this town. Um, but Monday's game isn't important. If, if if Monday's game isn't important, if there's a letdown Wednesday, we want this game to be a turning point. As we sit here on Tuesday morning, that game felt special. That game felt real. It felt like a moment. It, it everyone is super proud and excited about this team. But that was last night. Now it's time to see what they can do. Same opponent, playoff situation, whether they can build on it and frankly, do it again Wednesday night. That's going to be the real challenge and that's the challenge of the rest of the season. We're going to dive into the box score, talk a little bit about individual performances since we've been avoiding that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's dive into that final box score as the Orlando Magic defeat the Philadelphia 76ers 119-109. to As always, whenever you have a 21-point comeback, whenever you do a comeback of this magnitude, you have heroes from all different parts of the roster. But again, really so much of the success in this game was about doing the things the Magic have to do. Um, doing the things the Magic typically do to put themselves in a position to win. Um, and players just frankly playing well it's 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 not it's not a secret you have to play well to do well um you know again you look at some of the key markers Orlando shoots only 42.4 percent floor so they didn't shoot particularly well they're under 30 percent for a good chunk of this game so it wasn't about field goal percentage um Orlando does get to the free throw line 30 times compared to Philadelphia's 23 a big change on that in the second half in the second half Orlando outshot Philadelphia 19 to 7 from the foul line so again you're looking for Reasons why the Magic were able to race ahead. Getting to the foul line is a big deal for Orlando. They even shoot the same number of threes as Philadelphia. They were 11 for 29, Philadelphia 11 for 30. So that's not where this game was won. The other markers that I look for, points in the paint. Orlando wins that 54 to 50. Great job scoring in the paint. Uh, Second chance points. Orlando outscores Philadelphia 22 to 8. Great job on the glass. Limiting Philadelphia's second chance points getting their own, just being first to the ball. That's that's so huge. And then finally, the big one, uh, fast break points. 28 points to 14 for Philadelphia. So t- Orlando, 28 fast break points. It's not a major fast breaking team, but you want to come back, you need quick baskets. And that's what Orlando got. And look, Orlando's defense deserves so much credit for forcing Philadelphia into mistakes. The other big key that I watched, key that we've been watching, the Magic had 10 turnovers for 17 points. 10 turnovers is a really low number. 
17 points probably too much. It's still about their average on points points uh, points off turnovers per game. But 10 turnovers is a fantastic effort from this Orlando Magic team. Philadelphia had 19 turnovers for 20 points. 20 points. Seven of those came in the second half for 14 points. So the Magic punished Philadelphia for their mistakes in the second half. And again, that's such a huge key to a win. The star of the game was undoubtedly Paolo Bancaro. 29 points, 11 for 22 shooting, 3 for 5 from deep, only 4 for 5 from the line, 9 rebounds, and a steal. Um, Look, Paolo's been struggling a little bit. I don't know if it's he's hitting the rookie wall. I don't know if it's the coverages. I don't know if he's if, if the Magic are trying to encourage him to do a little bit more individually um, and just living with the results, uh, which you know usually are turn out okay. Um, but Paolo, the light... Flip switched on Paolo here. And, uh, you know, it's 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 been a long time since the Magic have had a player where that just kind of happens. Um, but whether it was getting a couple dunks, getting a couple easy baskets, suddenly Paolo was hunting his shot, hunting his mid-range shot and hitting it. Um, you know, he was able to mix, mix, up, mix up his dribbles, mix up his drives, um, and just you could just see the rhythm that he was in. You could just see and feel the kind of flow that he was in, uh, and, and how much that boosted the entire team. Orlando scored 42 points in the third quarter. Paolo had 19 of his 29, had 19 of his 29, I think it was 19 of his 29, let me double check, 14 of his 29, sorry, 14 of his 29 in that third quarter. He played the entire third quarter. Um, and so just gave the team just that steady drumbeat. Again, this is, honestly, this is what you want from stars. You don't need stars to go out and score 30 points a game or, or, or anything. It's helpful when they do. It's, I'm not saying no. But what you need from stars is when your team is struggling offensively, that they can give you the ball, go make a play, go make a shot, and just kind of keep the team's head above water. Star, Honestly, like stars don't have to win you the game. Um, they do, but they don't necessarily have to win you the game. They just have to kind of be a steady drumbeat for you. So that when you need a basket and you're like, okay, we haven't scored in three possessions, go get a basket. That's the guy you turn and give a, your, 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 the ball to to get a basket. Paolo Bancaro, he's not there yet. He's not efficient, efficiently there yet, but he is getting there. And this was a game that was a superstar game. This was a superstar game, not because of the scoring total, but because of how he scored those points. It kept the magic in the game and opened the pathways for the other heroes in this game. One such hero was Markel Fultz. 12 points, uh, 10 assists, 4 steals, 4 for 14 shooting. Did not attempt a 3-pointer. I wanted him to, but he did not. Um, but, you know, Markel struggled to get his shot going. Um, I, I don't think uh, uh, there's no getting around that. Um, you know, I think probably trying a little too hard in his first game back in Philadelphia since the trade in 2019. But everything else Markel did was just at an elite level. Um, honestly, if you're looking for any player that is responsible for sparking this team's energy, uh, it's Markel Fultz. Mar- Honestly, even when the team's energy was low, Markel Fultz's energy was high. It was at the level it needed to be. And, and look, Markel isn't the 20-point... He isn't first overall pick Markel Fultz anymore. I, again, like, I keep saying that, that. That Markel Fultz is dead. Don't expect first overall pick Markel Fultz. Um, that doesn't mean he can't carve out a really nice role in a really nice career. He was h- trying to create for his teammates. Missed some shots, sure. But he was trying to play at a high energy level. And eventually, that defense came through. Again, the four steals, all four of those steals, I'm pretty sure, led directly to baskets. 
he cut into the passing lane to, to, to get a steal from Joel, Joel Embiid to find Paolo Bancaro for a dunk. He, uh, you know, he, he just made all these really nice defensive plays. And his defense has taken a huge leap, a huge step up over the last few weeks. He has been such a huge contributor to this team. And, and you know, again, I think he's found a real good comfort level and he understands this group really, really well. He played exceptionally. He played really well. Um, and again, just was a, a catalyst. And again, constant drumbeat. Just gave this team energy and eventually the rest of the team came up to his level. The other hero, Mo Wagner. 22 points, 6 for 11 shooting, 10 for 10 from beyond the arc. Missed all four of his three-pointers, so that was where all his misses came from. Six rebounds. Um, look, Mo Wagner played awful in the first half. Um, that second quarter sent. Joel Embiid had his way with him. He was trying too hard to take charges. He wasn't really sliding his feet, getting in position. You know, Mo Bamba had a great five and a half minutes in the second quarter with Wendell Carter in foul trouble. I I told people, you know, like, I think Mo Bamba should play over Mo Wagner. Um, I, I, I will cop to that. I won't deny that. I, my conclusion was Mo Bamba's been playing really well. He, he's earned perhaps a, a, a little bit more of a chance. Uh, and I thought that he should have been in the game because Mo Wagner just wasn't giving them much defensively. Not that Mo Bamba was doing great on Joel Embiid either. Um, that at least he was playing with energy. And, 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 and really, again, those honestly, those five and a half minutes that Mo Bamba played were probably as important as any five and a half minutes uh, in the game. Because the magic, that's when the magic started to kind of build some some momentum and build some energy to get back into it, to cut to cut into the lead, make the halftime deficit just a little bit more manageable. I think it was 12 at the half or 11 at the half. Um, but Mo Wagner came out in the second half and played with the energy we expect from Mo Wagner. He was deceptive on offense, just keeping guys off balance, able to finish around the rim, able to draw contact, get to the foul line. Uh, defensively, he was just so much smarter. He did a much better job hiding his hands and just not being open to fouls anymore. Um, he did a great job moving his feet. He did a great job being physical when it was called for. Um, he just became a better paint presence. And you know, I know there's that stat going around that Mo Wagner is a really is one is like the poorest rim protector in the league, which I'm not surprised by. Um, but the reason why Mo Wagner is playing over Mo Bamba right now is Wagner is just a better positional defender. Um, he knows how to slide into into location and be present uh, in the paint. He may not be able to stop a post-up guy like Joel Embiid. He may not be able to block a shot, but he is going to be in the right spot to deter players uh, from the lane. Now, again, how effect, what there's limits to how effective you can be without being able to play kind of above the rim like that. But, uh, but you know, again, the production is there. I can't I can't hide from the production. Mo Wagner was was. Important in Saturday's game, he was the same importance in this game, really just kind of giving the team another steady scoring presence and another steady scoring uh, scoring uh, uh, outing. Um, Franz Wagner, 19.7 for 60, shooting 2 for 4 from deep, 6 rebounds for him. Uh, he got himself going, uh, just getting to the basket a little bit more, uh, hit, you know, hitting a couple jumpers. Um, you know, Franz is just kind of on the level right now. Um, you know, again, his, his bad is still very good. Um, just a, a solid game from Franz. Nothing too spectacular from him. Uh, good performances for Gary Harris. Nine points, three for seven shooting from deep. Uh, gave gave good pace there. Uh, Wendell Carter, I thought, really struggled. 12 points, nine rebounds. Um, uncharacteristically struggled defensively. Just uh, honestly, like, I, I think when the energy picked up, Wendell picked up his energy too. I, I still get the sense Wendell's foot is bothering him. Uh, he just, he does not look like he's moving with the same kind of speed and quickness that he usually does. Um, you know, again, I, 
the All-Star break is going to be really helpful for him. Helpful for him. I think we got eight more games to the All-Star break. Uh, that All-Star break is going to be a very big deal for Wendell Carter because it'll, it'll give him a chance to kind of get off his feet a little bit and, and rest, which I think will be good for him. A couple guys off the bench should out. Um, besides Bo Fokker. Jalen Suggs scored only four points, had only four rebounds, one for five shooting, did not record a seal officially. That dude played some of the best defense I've seen in a long time. Um, and Jalen Suggs the last two, three games has been a terror on defense. This dude gets after it. I love watching Jalen Suggs play defense. There's a period after every single one of those sentences. Um, what I find really impressive about Jalen Suggs is, yes, the offense isn't there, um, but he is not doing wild drives to the basket as much anymore. Um, he is not turning the ball over as much. He's not forcing his game. He is accepting his role that he is an ace defender. And he is putting all of his focus and attention on doing that. And that's really scary for the rest of the league because he is a really good defender. He he is verging, you know, a couple more games like he had uh, on Monday night. And he will be verging on the category of elite defenders. Um, The, the dude is very, very good. And, and yes... He has to figure out the offense. He has to become a more reliable catch-and-shoot option. Um, But we've been asking for him to play under control. He is starting to play under control, even if that means he's a little more passive on offense and not looking to attack as much. We could layer those parts into his game later, but he's been incredible defensively this season uh, and another incredible defensive game here. And Cole Anthony, only five points, two for seven shooting. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Five rebounds for him, but I thought he was really active, especially going after the glass. Um, I thought he did a really good job managing and controlling that second unit, uh, g- uh, putting early in the fourth quarter, giving the Magic the lead. Um, I-, I-, I think Cole Anthony is playing some of his best basketball of his career right now. Um, and honestly, to highlight a game where he doesn't score a lot and still makes a pretty good impact, that shows you how much growth that he's that he's made. And again, we got to look at this this game and everything over the long course of the season, the long arc of the season. Everything's of a piece in the long journey. And, and, and it's going to take some of these young players a moment to figure out and understand what their role is and what success means for them, for this team. Um, and I think, you know, again, Cole Anthony's a great story about this. First time coming off the bench. Struggled a little bit in those first games coming off the bench. Had a nice pocket where he played well. Struggled again. Now he's back in a good pocket where he's playing well and, and seems to really understand what this team needs of him and, and understand that, hey, if I do play well, if I am helping my team win, I'm going to get to finish games. Like, Joel Mosley does not have a set, you know, clutch time lineup. He will play the guys that are helping the team win. Um, Cole Anthony will play clutch minutes if he's playing well. And, and again, I think he's playing. I think he played really well in this game. And, and again, I think it's a good sign of that that we could say that even when he's not scoring because that, that's, that's the understanding that a lot of players need. And again, so much of the rest of the season is about that understanding improving, getting better, uh, and, and being more consistent overall. The Orlando Magic defeat the Philadelphia 76ers 119-109. A great game for growth. A lot of lessons learned. But again, you got to apply it again when you go up against Philadelphia again on Wednesday. We'll get to that game on our next episode of Locked on Magic as well as after Wednesday's game too. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himoy, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device related to the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. 
Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this is Will Blossom. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.